Welcome to Fierce Female Radio. I'm your host, Estelle, from FierceFemaleCo.com, your female empowerment coach. If you're ready to dive in deep and learn all the tips, rituals, and insights to help you let go of the old version of yourself and unleash your inner fierce, then you are in the right place. This is your space for uncut and real conversations with real women about all things, dreams and desires, mindset, holistic wellness, balance, and spirituality. Hello, beautiful souls. What's up? And welcome to another episode of Fierce Female Radio. It's your host here, Estelle, your Fierce Female Empowerment Coach and the founder of Fierce Female Co. Guys, I'm so excited to be here with you today. I'm actually recording this intro on a lovely Tuesday afternoon. I've got a candle candle burning, some tea, some crystals, babies having a nap, feeling good guys i'm feeling good and i'm so excited to share this episode with you today i actually recorded this interview so today is actually an interview with the lovely george lesos about six months no more than six months ago i recorded it in like june july last year so it's been a long time coming and this interview is just so so juicy it's really the episode for the spiritual babes among us you know the misfits the weirdos the empaths the ones that are here to really help others activate their light so i'm so excited to bring that to you and in this episode we we interview george lesos and he's a spiritual teacher and author and so we dive into the divine masculine and feminine energy, how to honor these energies and find your unique balance. We talk about George's process for finding your soul's purpose and your life purpose, which is super interesting. What it really takes to be a light worker in this day and age, how to take inspired action and not just, you know, not just elevating your energy, but actually doing something with your energy moving. And we talk more about how to connect to your intuition, especially in a time where we are, we are, we're distracted with so many people's opinions. Um, and it's, you know, it gets, it's really easy to lose ourselves in all of that. So George gives us some really practical ways to connect with our intuition and how to cleanse our aura. And especially at a time when you're, you might be doing lots of energetic work, but there's people around you that, you know, are toxic or that just don't give you the good vibes. He really talks to us about how you can um, cleanse your aura and protect your aura from this energy. And also how to set energetic boundaries. So I'm so very excited about this episode. And also if you're someone who's wanting to write a book, like if you've got, you know, to write a book on your vision board or your dream list, he actually gives us some really great um, practical steps and things that I actually haven't heard of before to help you um, write your own book. So I found that super, super interesting as well. So bear with us, guys. The connection here is a little sketchy. George is all the way in Cyprus. We're recording here in Australia. So Yes, there's a little bit of um, disconnect there, but it still is a beautiful episode. And, you know, as always, guys, if you are vibing this show, please leave us a review. Share this episode with a friend or share it on Instagram, tagging myself at Fierce Female Co. and George Lesos. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to know what's resonating with you and you know, the more that we share, the more that we can really connect with uh, the beautiful babes and help them, you know, activate their fierceness and raise the collective energy. So yeah, I'm so excited about that. And also for those of you that are really serious about elevating your energy in 2022, and you're serious about making your dreams come true, my new group experience, your best year yet, is open for a few more days. So if you're ready to really step into your power, potential, and making your dreams come true in 2022, if you are serious about activating the magic in welcoming miracles, you know, having those breakthroughs, stepping into abundance, happiness, manifesting it all, then this is really the experience for you. And if you're ready to make 2022 the year it happens, if you're ready to make 2022 your best year yet, then you have to join us in our new program, Your Best Year Yet. If this is lighting some sort of a spark in you, send me a DM on Instagram at Fierce Female Co. to find out more details and to see if this is aligned for you. 
I always believe if there's something that light, that is lighting me up, I owe that to myself to explore that further, to see if that feels aligned. So if that's the case for you, shoot me a DM. I'm happy to have a chat with you to see if this feels good. And for those of you babes that like the details, this experience includes a few different things. So it includes five potent modules, okay? Five really powerful modules and includes three hot seat Zoom group coaching sessions where you get the opportunity to ask your questions and you get coached by me. And, you know, this is really a space where like nothing's off the table here. You can ask whatever you want and I'm here to support you and such a powerful thing about this is hearing the other women's questions. Um, often we think, oh, it's just we just want to ask our question and then we're going to get the answer and that will benefit us. But it's actually listening to other women's questions, hearing my guidance, watching that journey, watching those breakthroughs unfold is so powerful because often, you know, there's a part of you that also wanted to ask that question or there's a part of the answer that's really benefiting you and helping you where you're currently at. So really powerful way to not only get more support, but build incredible connections within the group. Also in this experience, you get unlimited Voxer support. It is phenomenal. So this is such a great way to um, not only just connect, but to get coaching support from me on the spot. So you can do that through text, through the text or through voice notes as well. There's a private Facebook group. You're getting meditations, rituals, so much more. I'm so excited about it. And so we start on the 25th of Jan, guys. So DM me if you're feeling lit up by this. The investment is 1333 Australian dollars. So let me know if this is feeling excited, exciting for you. Okay, guys, we're going to get into this episode with the beautiful spiritual conversation with George Lesos. He is such a vibe. I hope you enjoy this episode and we will catch you soon. Hello, honeys. Welcome to Fierce Female Radio. Today on the show, we have our very first male guest, George Lesos. George is a spiritual teacher. He's an intuitive healer, author of The Bee, The Guru, and the number one best-selling book, Lightworkers Gotta Light, Gotta Work. <laughs> Lightworkers Gotta Work and the co-creative element of healing and host of the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. He helps lightworkers to find their life purpose and work their light in real palatable ways that create positive change in the world. Welcome to the show, George. So excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Estelle. I'm so grateful to be here with you. Oh, I'm so excited to have you. This is like, this is like our first male guest. Like that's a thing, right? We've, um, I don't know how many episodes we've had. I feel like we've had 30 maybe 30, 33. And this is the first time we have a male. And so I'm so excited to dive into some really interesting topics with you today, George. Yes, I am so excited to get started. We have so much, so many things to talk about. <laughs> so good. Okay, let's kick it off. So um, we're going to get straight into some rapid fire questions, George. So tell us a little bit about like, what travel destination are you daydreaming about right now? Oh my God, Valencia in Spain, and I'm actually going soon, so I'm so excited to get there. Oh my God, amazing. When are you going? I'm going 4th of June, and I'm going to spend a whole month there because I speak Spanish, so I usually go once a year, and I spend a whole month there doing like intensive Spanish classes, like four hours per day, but also like uh, holidaying and like having fun and also working part-time, so... Uh, I'm excited, especially since I wasn't able to go last year due to COVID. Oh my God, that's amazing. Living the Spanish lifestyle. So you can have dinner at like 11 o'clock at night and just like oh. drink sangria and... <laughs> yes, tell me about it. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Okay, I have to put Valencia on the list because I have traveled Spain, but I have not been to Valencia and I've heard really beautiful things. Where have you been? I'm curious. So I have been to San Sebastian. Yes. Um, Madrid and Barcelona. Oh, beautiful. I've, out of these yeah. three, I've been to Madrid and Barcelona and also Sevilla and Granada. They're both so beautiful in the south of Spain. You're going to love them if you go there because it's the traditional part of Spain where, um, for example, flamenco was invented, etc. So it's just very cultural. You're going to love it. So beautiful. Okay, it's on the list. It's on the list. And so, George, what does your morning ritual look like right now? And I know you mentioned before, it's like quite warm where you guys are, you're heading into summer. I don't know if that changes your morning ritual a little bit. We'd love to know. 
So essentially, meditation is my non-negotiable every single morning. In my book, Lightworkers Gotta Work, I call this the emergency uh, spiritual practice, where you, when you don't have enough time, just choose something that instantly connects you to source. For me, that is meditation. But on top of that, I do ritual work at my altar, which is my manifestation work there. Again, in the book, I talk about creating manifestation altars and how to use them. I use positive affirmations with tapping, like I combine the two of them. I exercise, of course. And uh, my new favorite thing is working with flower essences and journaling about my experience in working with a different flower every single month. Oh my God, I can't believe you said that because I just recently purchased some flower essence and it's been sitting in my drawer and I'm like, okay, Stella, I need to use it. How are you using yours? How oh are you incorporating your ritual? So powerful. So I'm in a part of a subscription um, of Lotus Way. Lotus Way is a company of flower essences in the US. And every single month we have a new flower that we work with and we spend time with. And essentially you take five drops under your tongue or in your beverage five times a day. And it works on a, on a subtle level in the subtle layers of your aura and energy field, bringing up to the surface all the issues and the limiting beliefs and the fears you have around that flowers uh, topic and subject and theme. And then that's usually what happens in the first two weeks, all hell breaks loose. And then in the final two weeks, that's where you start healing and just finding balance along those things. Okay, you've inspired me. I'm gonna grab mine out of the drawer and start it today. <laughs> oh, you're gonna love it. <laughs> so but, good. But get okay. ready for some like deep transformation at, at the same time because they, they seem like superficial, but they're not. You go really deep with them. Because it brings stuff up to the surface. That's right. Exactly. Yeah? And then you have to do the work. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and so you, you referenced your book a couple times in terms of your, um, your altar. So is that the um, your most recent book, Lightworkers Gotta, Gotta Work? Yeah. So my first book is Be the Guru. And my second book is Lightworkers Gotta Work, the ultimate guide to following your purpose and creating change in the world. And this is essentially, um, if I were to write a single book in my entire life, this would be it. And I'm saying this from my current perspective, but because I'm so passionate about helping light workers not just feel their light, know their light, just meditate, but use all the guidance that comes out of our spiritual practice to actually create some real physical change in the world. I'm so passionate about that and how this um, fits out into embracing both masculine and feminine energy, which is something we're going to talk about, I'm sure. Yes. Okay, good. I'm so excited. That's beautiful. So, um, what is one thing that you're grateful for right now, George? I am grateful for my basil plant that I have next to me. You know what? I just love basil so much because it has a beautiful aroma and at the same time it, it brings nature into my house. So I literally have it all around the house. <laughs> That's so cute. I love that. That's beautiful. And I know that you mentioned your book a couple times. If you have to... If you had to ask every woman to read one specific book besides your own book, what yes. woman, what, what woman, what book would you recommend they read? I would definitely recommend Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. It is the yeah. book that actually got me to start working my light more in a more committed way because it, 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 it brings forth this idea that ideas and thoughts and our dreams, they have their own consciousness. And they're looking for some for a host essentially so they're going from person to person looking for the right host who can nurture them and help them grow so when an idea comes to us it's our responsibility to host it to nurture it and to bring it into the world which is what my book as well live workers gotta work is all about beautiful i love that and that is a really powerful book i remember reading that i've read that a couple times like that book used to be at my bedside table because it's just like you know it's a bible like it's such a good go-to it is, oh my God, 100%. It will just motivate you to just get to work. Yeah. And you know a book, have you read um, Stephen Pressfield's book, The The War of Art? Oh my God, yes. That one. <laughs> and I've read all his books. <laughs> so The War of Art. Yeah, I love that book. I feel like it really, in terms of like create battles and in terms of like actually doing the work, not just um, kind of living in the daydream, I found he's just like, you know um like what is it it's like a bit of a whip like he's he's a harsh yeah he's he's harsh about it but it's like it's what you need yes if i were to recommend a second book to people it would be his other book called nobody wants to read your shit 
That is the book <laughs> that made me a better writer, I feel, because it made me be really specific as to what I write and not just write for the sake of writing. Okay, amazing. I have to check that one out because I've only read one of those. I've only read that book of his, but that sounds awesome. Yes, it is. Awesome. Okay, good. So, George, I'd love if you could just take us a little bit back to your journey, like back to your childhood and, you know, delve into a little bit deeper around your spiritual awakening. We'd love to know mm. how you were led on your path to do the work that you're currently doing right now. Mm. So basically it all started where I am based right now, which is Cyprus, the island of Cyprus in the Mediterranean, which is where I grew up, where I'm from. And essentially with small communities in general, whether it's a city, whether it's a country or anything, there tends to be this sense of you're expected to be a certain way. You're expected to grow up and, and be a certain person or act in a specific way. And there was me, the first image I have of myself as a five-year-old George, just standing alone in a field of yellow daisies, staring up at the sky and asking the big questions. Why am I here? What's the purpose of life? So I was very different from other kids my age, from a very young age. And this made me feel weird. It made me feel like an outcast. And as a result, I was bullied a lot by, by the people around me. But most importantly, it created this need this drive to try and fit in. And therefore, from a very young age, I tried to mold myself to fit into other people's expectations of me. I tried to be the, the best student at school and the best uh, citizen in society and the best son for my parents. So when at the age of 13 years old, I realized that I was gay. Now, that was not something I could easily accept at the time or that society could accept because at that time in Cyprus, being gay had just been legalized. So it was not something you could proudly come out with. So I decided I was just going to approach the whole thing in the same way that I approached all other things in my life. I would just change myself from gay to straight one step at a time. And that's when I entered the two most debilitating years of my life, where every single day for two years, I tried to monitor the way I walked, the way I talked, the way I acted, the way I thought. I became my own policeman, essentially, trying to police me into turning straight. And two years later, when I couldn't change who I was born to be, I called myself a human abomination and decided the only way out for me was to take my own life. So it was in that very dark moment in my life where I had written a letter to my parents, I got a bunch of pills, pills and I was ready to put an end to my life. And right before I did that, that's when I had an epiphany that was the start of my spiritual journey. And that epiphany was, you know what, you have a choice. And your choice is to fuck what people think, fuck what society thinks, and just learn to love and accept yourself exactly as you are. And you know what, Estelle, I had no idea how to love myself because all I experienced was self-loathing and bullying from other people and myself. But you know how it works. When you're ready to do the work, when you're ready to show up for you, the universe shows up for you. So in my desire to change and find healing and accept myself, spiritual books started popping up into my life. And I started from book to book to spiritual modality after the other, learning to love myself, forgive myself, forgive my bullies. And um, that eventually brought me to a stage where I healed to a great degree that I was able to write my first book, Be the Guru, which documented my journey and the formula and the step-by-step -step process that I use to take myself from being codependent on other people and other people's expectations of me and depending on other people for happiness, for support, for wisdom, to finding all of that within me. That's why Be The Guru's subtitle is all about a step-by-step -step guide to being your own spiritual teacher and therefore stop depending on people for all the support and the wisdom and the happiness that should be found and can be found and is present within us. Oh, that's so beautiful. You actually gave me shivers with that story. And how how exhausting would that have been for you, you know, for those two years trying to be someone else and really watching every move that you make? That would have oh just my God, been, it was yeah. debilitating. Imagine trying to go against who you're born to be every single day and just faking it, essentially. It was having a permanent acting job. And I, I joke to my friends right now because I, I do act as well and I'm a, I do musical theater for fun. And I'm like, I've been acting my entire life. I just, now I just do it for fun. I don't, I don't have to pretend anymore. How beautiful. And then like, it's like everything happened for a reason. You wouldn't have been able to, 
you wouldn't have been able to appreciate the lightness that is what you're what you're working through now and how you're helping people unless you went through that those really dark times absolutely but at the same time people ask me oh my god i haven't been through so much in my life how can i do this work and i'm like you don't need to go through hell to find the light the light is so natural it, it's 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 part of who we are it's not just part of who we are it is who we are like in light workers gotta work i talk about the meaning the true meaning behind love and light like it's a, it's a, it's a common thing we say in the spiritual community oh love and light love and light but what does that mean we're actually made literally out of love and light because when you zoom into every single piece of consciousness within our body you will find a vibration which acts as light it is light and essentially the love that we also are made of can be kind of proven when you observe little babies who've just come out of source they exude this love this joy this purity so we're literally made out of out of love and light and we don't need to experience a whole lot of darkness to be able to see it and to step into it and use it as a force for good it's just that sometimes some of us see it more easily when we go through something dark like i did yeah. 100%. And and about that, can you tell us more about like what is what is a light worker? And how yes. can how can someone know that they're a light worker? Is everyone a light worker? Like let's unpack that a little bit. Yes. So I use a definition that Rebecca Campbell used in her book Light is a New Black, which is that a light worker is anyone who makes a conscious choice of making the world a better place, of lighting up the world with their presence. However, in my book Light Workers Gotta Work, I coined a new term the term Ascension Lightworker. Now, Ascension Lightworkers are old, mature souls who have been incarnating on this planet over and over again, and especially over the past few hundred years, for the aim of ascending the vibration of the planet, of helping the planet ascend to this new uh, age of Aquarius, this new golden age that we're working on towards. So essentially, Ascension Lightworkers are people who use their spiritual skills, their healing abilities, who are within the spiritual community, who are really focused on helping ascending the vibration of the world and creating this heaven on earth that we know we and our planet deserve. I love that. So it's like this inner calling and this inner and this, you know, I, I can imagine so many people listening to this podcast feel like they came into this world like an old soul, like they've had other experiences, like they haven't just lived this life. They know too much. They feel too much. And I think that's just a beautiful way that you've that you've described it. Yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm calling out to all these weirdos and woobos like me and you <laughs> who are here to use crystals and flower essences and connect and talk with flowers to just group in together under this common idea of ascension lightworkers and just step into their purpose, shine their light, overcome the fears and the traumas and the limiting beliefs we've all brought into this life from our past lives and give ourselves permission to, to thrive. Yeah, so beautiful. And so I imagine part of being a light worker means really following your inner guidance system and your individual essence. And so how how can we peel back the layers and really connect with our own inner guidance system, our intuition in a society where we are bombarded with opinions and voices and distractions and the internet and all of these things? Like how can we sit with that? How can we follow our, our um, inner voice? Yes, I, I teach spirituality in a very practical step-by-step -step way and this is, this is, these are how my books are written as well. So when it comes to tuning into our intuition, in the book I talk about the divine feminine and the divine masculine and I define those terms in both a spiritual but also practical way. So the way the divine feminine and the divine masculine exist on a practical level is there are activities we can do that are more feminine in energy and there are activities we, we can do that are more masculine in energy and it's all about balancing the two. So in the first part of the book it's all about nurturing our light. So it's, it's First part is about finding your purpose, but then it's about nurturing the light. And in the nurturing in the light part, and therefore nurturing the feminine, nurturing the divine feminine, it's all about being very intentional about creating a daily spiritual practice that's focused around helping us connect, strengthen, and nurture our connection to source, and therefore to our own intuition. So. Step number one, have a daily spiritual practice. And there are three components that I teach about how a spiritual, a successful spiritual practice 
should look like or would look like. And essentially it's, it has to be a happiness practice, a spiritual practice has to create the emotion of happiness because spirituality is a journey towards being one with source and finding the source within us. And what is source? Essentially, it's a vibration of happiness, of joy, of love, whatever you want to call it. They all have similar vibrational frequencies. So unless the activities you have in your spiritual practice help awaken that happiness within you, then it's not really a spiritual practice. It's just something to do, something you do. It's just like a chore. So essentially, step number one, component number one is it has to be a happiness practice. Secondly, it has to be consistent. If your spiritual practice is not consistent, it's not a practice, it's a hobby. So it has to be every single day, at the same time every single day, because muscle, sorry, happiness is a muscle that has to be nurtured. And it's like going to the gym. You can go to the gym once a week, but and you're still gonna get some results, but not as many results as you'll get if you go every single day, for example, or three or four times a day. So it's very important for the spiritual practice to be consistent every single day so we can strengthen that happiness muscles and that spiritual connection within us. And then third component is the duration. So happiness, sorry, happiness slash spiritual practice has to be at least 15 minutes. 15, 30 minutes to an hour, that's ideal. However much time people have, but at least 15 minutes because happiness and our connection to source should be a priority, not just something we find five minutes here and five minutes there to dedicate to. It has to be the basis of our existence. Every single day, spending time for 15 to 30 minutes reminding ourselves that we're not just physical beings, that we're extensions of source energy and awakening that connection within us. So by having this daily spiritual practice, we then connect with source, with our intuition, and we receive the divine guidance that we need to essentially actualize it and take action and therefore express our masculine energy, which is what the next part of my book is all about. Mm, I love that so much. And I really agree with what you're saying around the consistency and also just has to be longer than 15 minutes, especially I think when you start start your spiritual journey and you start this um this deeper inner work because it feels unfamiliar and you're going to want to um do it one day not do it the next day but in order to start to actually see um that ascension and that up leveling and connection and int intuition coming through you can't just do it haphazardly so i love that you said that exactly if someone is just starting out of a spiritual path um, and and you, they are just discovering spirituality. Fair enough, you don't need that much of a time. But when we're talking about life workers who are here, who have a specific purpose that's gonna help make the world a better place, we can't afford to just approach the whole thing in a mediocre way. We have to commit. We have to show up for the universe to show up for us as well. Yes, I love that. And can I ask, do you recommend people do it first thing in the morning? Yes, yes, because yeah. then you set the tone for the entire day. Personally, yeah. I do my spiritual practice. I have the, the, the bulk of it in the morning. Then I have like an update in the middle of the day and then at the end of the day as well. And actually, I'm going to share with you this process because I think people will like it. So I have a gratitude practice, but with a twist. So in the morning, I voice message my best friend, one of my best friends. Uh, and it's, it's significant that I say this because I message four of my best friends throughout the day. <laughs> so I message my first <laughs> best friend in the beginning of the day, voice message, where I, I talk out loud about what I'm grateful for. So I nurture that emotion, not just by writing it or thinking it, but by voicing it and having another person hear that and hold the space for that and therefore amplify the energy of that even more. And that sets the tone. And that's part of my spiritual practice in the morning. Then in the middle of the day, after I've been through some life experience, maybe my, my vibration may have lowered because something happened during the day at, at around 4 p.m. I message my other best friend with another voice message about what I'm grateful for so far in the day. And then in the evening, I voice message my other friend with what I'm grateful for about the entire day. And then right after that, I voice message another friend with my highlight of the day. So I spend so much time being grateful, I don't have time to feel something else. <laughs> I and I think, I think it's doable, by the way, because it only takes three to four minutes and it's not too much of, of, of time to, to essentially dedicate to feeling good. Totally, like how quick, it, it could take 30 seconds to send like a quick voice note of three things that you're grateful for on, you know, 
on Instagram or WhatsApp and then you're done. Yes, exactly. And it's such a quick way of just getting a quick boost and connecting with you to your essence. Mm, beautiful. And I really agree with you that when you share it, it's like you're claiming it, you're amplifying it, not just keeping it to yourself. Yes. And the other people at the same time acknowledge that. And sometimes they send me back a message and they, we, we get into a conversation about something. So it just amplifies and milks and creates a momentum around the energy of gratitude and the specific things that you're talking about which essentially manifests them into your life. Mm, love that. So good. And, and so you mentioned divine masculine. And so I would mm. love for you to unpack that further. So like, what's, what's the key difference between the divine masculine and the divine feminine? So the divine fem feminine and the divine masculine are the two like basic energies of source. So whatever it is, that exists in this world, spirit, whether it's spirit, whether it's material, essential, they're all the same. They, they all have, everything has a masculine energy and a feminine energy. So the mm -hmm. divine feminine energy in practical terms, it's all about receiving. It's all about nurturing. It's unstructured. It's all about being in the flow. It's all about just listening to yourself, connecting with your intuition, taking some time to rest, nurturing yourself, giving yourself permission to just be without any structure, without any rigidity, without any plan. And this is how it manifests on a human level. But of course, every single thing in the universe expresses that in a different way. And when you look at nature, you'll see that during the winter, uh, nature steps into primarily a divine feminine state where everything retreats, it preserves the energy. It's still creative, in ju just in a different way. It just prepares that creativity underground, getting ready for spring, where everything will spring and grow. And then we have the masculine energy, the divine masculine energy. The way it manifests within us as humanity is this, our ability to take action, to move forward, to feel motivated, to plan, to structure our lives to create in a more um, extroverted way rather than in a more introverted way. And we've lived in a world that's been primarily masculine energy focused. And I'm not gonna say divine masculine because divine masculine is simultaneously balanced in masculine and feminine energy. And so is the divine feminine balanced in masculine and feminine energy because one cannot exist without the other. There are two sides of the same coin what has been the world that we've been living in for the past thousand, a few thousand years, 10,000 years has been very patriarchal and therefore it has been based on the wounded masculine energy where we've essentially victimized the feminine, considered it to be not as important as the masculine and then solely focused on the, on the mass, on, sorry, victimized the feminine, not considered it to be important and then solely focused on the masculine which is all about abusing masculine energy by overworking ourselves, by struggling, by hustling. I mean, we've all experienced the burnout of the modern world and we have been experiencing that through patriarchy, this patriarchal structure for thousands of years. So much so that it's so embedded into the core of who we are that we don't know how to be feminine and we need tools and practices to remind ourselves that we're not meant to just work, 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 like all the songs say, which I love, by the way, we're meant to find balance between the two and allow the divine feminine to nurture us and allow the, the action that we take to not just be action for the sake of taking action, therefore hustling, to be inspired action. So what I, uh, what I really focus on communicating in the book is that any action that you're taking has to come from a divinely inspired state. That's why we start with a spiritual practice and therefore the divine feminine nurturing that connection with source, allowing the guidance to flow through but, and then taking action. But what I found Estelle is that many light workers, because they have been abused by the masculine energy for so many past lifetimes, they're afraid to take action. So they just yes. sit on the meditation pillow, they receive all the guidance, they raise their vibration. They're like, mm, I'm changing the vibration of the world by, by raising my vibration. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're raising the vibration of your room. <laughs> to, to raise the vibration of the world, you need to take freaking action. <laughs> and yes, you've been hurt. Yes, you've been victimized by patriarchy, but you don't just give up. You heal the trauma and then you start taking action that supports the feminine rather than perpetuates the patriarchy. 
Amen. And I love that you said that because I think that is really, really important. And I would love for you to unpack that a little bit more in terms of in terms of what you would recommend if you if we've got someone listening who is stuck in that space of they're in their feminine energy and they feel really connected, they feel intuitive, but they just have a lot of resistance around actually putting themselves out there and doing the work and bringing yes. their light out there to others. What are a couple of practical steps that you would recommend they could take to start that momentum? Well, the first thing all light workers should do to really motivate themselves to take that divine guidance and express it into action is get crystal clear on what their life purpose is. Because in the book, I talk about the four purposes of light workers. Usually when I ask light workers, what, what is your life purpose? I hear the same thing over and over again, which is I'm here to help people heal or I'm here to help make the world a better place. And I'm like, duh, this is our collective light worker purpose, which is purpose number one that I talk about in the book. It is our collective purpose, not our specific purpose. Then we have our soul realm purpose. Now soul realms are groups of souls that have unique collective purposes. And that's a purpose that we have as well, depending on what soul realm, like for example, star seeds, the star seed realm, depending on what realm we belong in. Then we have our soul purpose, which is a purpose fulfilled over a series of lifetimes. Therefore, it may take 10 lifetimes to fulfill our soul purpose. And then our life purpose is a step towards fulfilling that soul purpose. So it's a life, a specific lifetime, fulfilling a step towards fulfilling that soul purpose, which fulfills the soul realm purpose, which fulfills our collective light worker purpose. And therefore all our energy should be focused in the present moment. What is our life purpose, the specific mission that we came here to fulfill? When we find that it rings true and it brings us home in such a strong way that that instantly motivates us into taking action. The reason many people procrastinate is because they don't know what their life purpose is or they know it in a vague way. They know their life, their collective life worker purpose. And therefore it's not enough motivation to motivate you into taking action and receiving the guidance and expressing it into a more masculine way. And that's where the first part of life work has got to work. It's about, have a step-by-step -step process to not just finding your purpose in, in vague terms, defining it in a one to two paragraph definition. And actually, I have a two hour workshop that people can take for free when they order the book and you go to georgelizos.com forward slash lightwork or just lightworkersgotawork.com. Then you enter the receipt number in the form there and then you get instant access for free to a two hour workshop where I guide you through the process of finding your life purpose and defining it. Okay. We'll pop that in the show notes everyone as well. Yes, and but you ask for a simple specific step that someone can start with like aside from finding their life purpose journal journal mm -hmm. up, ask yourself questions when you're journaling don't just journal about anything just ask yourself a question what am i here to do what what should i do what can what can i do right now to start taking more action towards my life purpose and just let yourself write freely using automatic writing and therefore not free writing not focusing not using your logical mind and therefore do this right after meditation and let your soul express itself on paper and those ideas those, those action ideas divinely guided action ideas will start coming on paper and then it's your responsibility to start taking action towards that i love and i also think that it's like it's just we need to just take that one small step that one small step it's all we need to focus on first, and then we build it up, and then we build momentum and consistency but we don't need to overwhelm ourselves with all the things that we need to do and i feel like that's where people get really caught up and they freak out and then they kind of hide under the covers. oh my god yes like one of my uh, the chapters in the book like it, it's focused around what it takes to really follow and fulfill your life purpose and it's as simple as taking a single step every single day. This is essentially what I've done because before I did this for, for like full time, I had a full time job. I worked a nine to five job and then I had a few hours in the evening to focus on my life purpose. So my focus was take a single action step every single day. And then you, in a year, you have 365 steps that creates such a big, strong momentum of attraction that manifests your life purpose to the point that it becomes so big that you're inspired to quit your job and go full, fully self-employed following your purpose. Absolutely. I love that so much. So for anyone that's listening that thinks those small things don't count, at the end of the year, look, you can only imagine how much progress you would have made. 
Yeah, so and I even love with that. my books, Estelle, even with my books, I, I'm not the kind of person who sits there for hours and hours and hours and write. I get bored. My goal is to write a little bit every single day. So both of my mm. books I've written in small increments of time every single day over periods of like three to six months. I would just write one chapter, which is like three to four pages. They're very short chapters in the book. I would just write a little bit every single day. And then in a year, less than a year, actually, I've had a book. Wow. That's amazing because writing a book as well is like is like a beast in itself, but you've made it digestible because you've broken it down into into essentially a small action every day, which is one chapter. Yes, exactly. Many people feel overwhelmed at the immensity of their life purpose, forgetting that you're not supposed to manifest everything right now. It's a journey. It's not the destination. The writers of the world have written about it. It's not about just getting it all right now. You don't want to eat the all the food you're gonna eat in your entire life right now in this very hot second. You wanna <laughs> enjoy it, you wanna take time. The same thing with desires, the same thing with our life purpose, we're supposed to enjoy it. 100%, oh, that's so beautiful. And I think that um, I could really speak to you for like hours and hours, but I wanted to touch on one other area in a bit of a different direction, because I think I've loved some of the things that you've shared on Instagram about this, around cleansing your energetic fields, because Lots of us who are light workers, are intuitive, are empathetic, are often really, um, how can I say, often really connected to other people's energy and can feel it. So I would love if you could just share a few of your favorite ways that we can cleanse our energy field so we can maintain that connection to source and reap the benefits of all that work that we're doing. Of course. So this is essentially part four of the book, which is all about protecting our light. And therefore, I define energy protection as the art of being energetically authentic because our bodies and our auras are like sponges. They both receive and also receive, sorry, both send and receive energy. So as we go through life interacting with people, including digital spaces online, then we attract vibes and energy attachments from other people. And unless we take time to clear those and shield ourselves, then we're essentially allowing other people's energy to be part of our energy. And therefore we think other people's thoughts, we feel other people's emotions, and we behave in ways that are not in alignment with our life purpose. And therefore we're not energetically authentic and we cannot follow our life purpose fully. So that's why I feel it's such an essential component to a light worker's journey into fulfilling a life purpose, to knowing how to effectively protect our energy. In the book, I talk about the three steps of energy protection, the three main basic steps, which is identify what's in your aura, what's blocking you. That's step number one. Step number two is clearing, using processes to clear your energy of all that you have. And then step number three is about shielding yourself and creating strong energetic shields that protects you from further incoming energy attachments. So a specific process that I use when it comes to clearing my, ourselves, and in the book I focus particularly on working with the elementals, the nature spirits, because I feel that, the, that nature is the most powerful energy protector. And all the answers we seek are in nature. So I like to work with the dragons, the elementals of fire. And for those people who are not as woo as I am and don't wanna work with dragons, <laughs> Just visualize fire and the destructive qualities of fire and just feel the energy of fire searching through your body and your aura and just clearing away all that's blocking you from, uh, from, from being your authentic self energetically and therefore clearing all these energetic attachments. So that's one cleansing process that I would recommend, working with the dr fire dragons or just the energy of fire. And then when it comes to shielding yourself, I like to shield myself with rainbow light, which is an amplified shield. It raises your vibrational frequency and it creates this, um, this high vibe space around you that only attracts high vibe people. Because the only reason we attract negative energy from other people is because our vibration allows it. So if our vibration is high, then we cannot be a vibrational match to negativity or to energy attack. So when we rise our vibrational frequency by shielding ourselves in a bubble of rainbow light, and in the book I talk about working with the unicorns to uh, shield ourselves with ra rainbow light, then we have a strong shield of positivity that ensures we don't come into contact with uh, negativity or energy attack. 
I love that. Okay, everyone, we're going to try the dragons. We're going to try yes. the rainbow. Light. It's awesome. So good. And so like, I just love some of the things that you share. It's like, I haven't heard them before. Like they're just so unique. So I love that. Thanks so much, George. And in terms of, we're going to just like go down a different segment um, around. And I would love to actually hear your perspective on this, especially from a male. So um, we love to talk about the last segment of Fierce Female Radio on the episode, just around diving into a little bit around behind the scenes, you know, the Instagram reels can make us all look like everything is perfect. Um, everyone's hundred percent confident all the time. And it's just absolutely not the case. We wanted to shed some light on just the behind the scenes. And so yes. can you share with us perhaps like just a recent situation where you were experiencing some self doubt and how that, how you navigated through that? Yes. I experienced huge self doubt when it comes to dating because I spent my lifetime feeling like an outcast and feeling like I was not good enough or I was not handsome enough, I was too fat or too this or too that. And although I have done the work to heal those traumas, it's a journey and there are layers that still need to be released. So right now here in Cyprus, going into summer, going to the beach, self-doubt around the way I look, the way my body looks, what if people don't like me, what if this, what if that. So all traumas resurfacing and therefore it's just me being aware of that and being humble about it, allowing myself to be, be vulnerable. And sometimes because we're spiritual people, we feel like we need to have it all put together all the time. And that's not how it works. Uh, so it, it's a matter of giving myself permission to allow myself to be human and not expect myself to have all the answers and just be open to being helped, to feeling supported and to healing on a more deeper level. That is so, yeah, that's so beautiful. And I'm so glad that you said that because I think um, there's this perception that if you do inner work on yourself and healing, that that means like you've completely resolved all these issues and that's just not the case. And I love that you said that sometimes those deeper rooted issues, regardless of how much work you do, sometimes they're gonna be triggered and sometimes they're gonna be resurfaced. And that's a, it's about being that gentle observer and not yes. punishing yourself for that. And just knowing that it's okay because we're not meant to have all the answers all the time. The aim of spirituality is not to be love and light 24 seven. It's to allow ourselves to experience all emotions that come up and just know and be open to having a process to bringing ourselves back home yes back to love i love that so beautiful and george what's an area of your life that you're trying to improve in at the moment what's an area of my life i'm trying to improve in at the moment again i would have to go with uh, with dating and um, the reason is because i'm so passionate about my life purpose i haven't even given myself permission <laughs> to explore romance and dating because mm -hmm. I've been focused on my, my passion. So my, my word for 2021 has been romance. So I'm literally mm -hmm. taking action steps towards that right now. I love that. And you can romance yourself as well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so good. You can take yourself out on a date in Spain. <laughs> I'm definitely going to share some tips about that when I go to Spain. 100%. That is a good time to get the romance moving in Spain. For yes. sure. Oh my God. I can't <laughs> wait to hear. I can't wait to hear. So good. And so what is your, what is like a recent fierce moment? So like a moment where you felt proud to be yourself. I feel that honestly, whenever I have one-on-one -on -one sessions with people, like yesterday, I felt that because I had a client from Latvia, then I had a client from Denmark, then I had a client from Scotland. I'm like, oh my God, is this my life? Oh. Like, I just feel so grateful <laughs> to be able to live a lifestyle that I enjoy here in Cyprus, like a little island in the Mediterranean, a dot on the map, literally, and just be able to support my community all around the world. I mean, look at us right now, we're having a conversation, you're in Australia, I'm in Cyprus, like, like miles apart, and we're having such a lovely conversation. So I think, it's first of all it's amazing that technology allows us to do this right now but i really feel grateful every time i have an interaction with one of the people from my community because i get to see how we get to co-create together and we get to be together because let me take this a little bit more spiritual because before we came into this world in this incarnation we used to be together in spirit we used to hang out in past lifetimes, 
line workers used to live in communities together. They were more joined, essentially, in their soul realms, in communities. Now we're more all dispersed around the world. So to be given the opportunity to come together online, I think that's powerful and that's a tool we can all use to help create change in the world. I love that. And you know what, I have to vouch and say, uh, like, you have to tell us a little bit more about the services that you offer and where we can find out about your book. Because I remember, so we did a session, I think yes. it was a psychic healing session. I think it was maybe nearly was a year, year ago. Maybe it was last, last year. year yes. Yeah, and it was incredible. Like, it, and Thank I'm not just saying that. Like, I told you afterwards, and it was had such a profound effect on me. And so, I think if anyone is looking to do uh, this particular one that I did, but like some deeper inner healing work, who wants some guidance from it in a different way, not just looking at it from not just you doing the work. Like, sometimes we need to be shown a different path, and sometimes we need um, we need things to be channeled to us, and that is. And I just remember that was just incredible. So yeah, can you tell us a little bit about your services and where people can connect with you? Of course, and thank you so much for saying this. I appreciate it. And essentially the main thing I do are psychic clearing sessions, which is part psychic reading and part healing session. So I take time, I connect with your energy, I scan your body and I identify all the blocks, the energetic blocks that may preventing you from moving forward. And they may be ancestral contracts or karmic curses or just daggers and cords of attachment that other people have sent to you. So after we identify any, everything in the first part of the session, in the latter part, I guide you through a healing meditation where we clear all of that, but also attune you to new energies that will allow you to move forward with your purpose. And of course, I also do past life regressions and life purpose deep dive sessions, but my most popular sessions are the psychic clearing sessions. And everyone can uh, find out more information about this on my website, georgelizos.com. And of course, I'd love for people to uh, come hang out. And if you have any questions, just DM me on Instagram at georgelizos. I reply to every single question and every single uh, message. And my book, uh, Lightworkers Gotta Work, is available to order globally on Amazon and all online retailers. And if you go to lightworkersgottawork.com, then you can get free access to my two-hour life purpose bootcamp workshop where I guide you through the process of finding and defining your life purpose as well. So powerful. I love that. We're going to make sure we link that for you guys. And if anyone is interested in a session um, and also the book, make sure you hit George up or check out Amazon because those resources are incredible. And I think especially if someone, especially if someone knows, like I remember one thing that really resonated with me is that you know, you get to a point where you do so much deeper inner work, but then you just feel there's something deeper that you can't connect to. Um, and so I think that's where doing something like your session is really powerful because you get into the deeper layer, the past lives, the ancestral healings, and things come up for you that you didn't even realize were there. And that's so transformational. So thank you so much for all the beautiful work that you do. And thank you for being on the show, George. We'll catch you guys soon. Thank you so much for having me, Estelle. If you're vibing this show, please leave us a review. We would love to be of value to more fierce females and you can totally help us grow. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Fierce Female Co. And don't forget to share this episode podcast on your Instagram story. Tag us and share your top takeaway. I would love to know what you got out of the show. And this is really a great way for you to think about what value this brought to you and how you might use this in your own life. I love you. Thank you for listening. Wishing you all the love, light, and fierceness. And we'll see you soon.